one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our Culture Gaming. I'm Scott, joined by Josh. Hello, Scott. Josh, my friend, on today's news, there were other PlayStation exclusives that were apparently ready to go to be shown at the PlayStation Showcase that didn't get shown. Ubisoft's Prince of Persia remake has apparently restarted development at another developer. And Lord of the Rings Gollum is the worst game of the year so far, according to many reviews and the Metacritic score itself. We'll break all this stuff down, starting with the PlayStation exclusive stuff. Now, this was written up by Insider Gaming's Tom Henderson, just writing up his general thoughts on the recent showcase. Obviously, that thing wasn't received that well online. We had a nice enough time. I had a nice we time. reacted to it. There's a lot of new IP in there. We thought it was pretty good. Um, but still, the general reaction is very negative and obviously it's understandable that a lot of people wanted a lot more of these Sony first party stuff. Where's Naughty Dog's next game? You know, where's Sucker Punch? Where's Ghost of Tsushima 2? Whatever. Um, Insider Gaming's Tom Henderson, uh, whilst writing up his thoughts, like I said, um, did say it's understood that a lot of the games we're waiting on seeing are pretty much ready. So I'm not sure why Sony decided to wait this time around. Fourth GB. It is a strange move because like we have said multiple times now Scott Telford we enjoyed this showcase yeah. but like the lack of first party studios the lack of first party presence was very much noted like you said mm. where were all of those games where is The Last of Us Factions which was promised to get more footage in the first half of the year mm. it still could come it's Summer Games Fest but it feels a little bit weird to not have it it's Sony's own thing when it feels like you know a jewel in its crown it's Naughty Dog it's The Last of Us mm. it's their first foray into trying to capture the live service market so yeah it is a little bit strange and it does make me think that it is just a kind of 12 month roadmap or whatever I know mm. I've said this before mm. because otherwise I don't know why you would hold back stuff that we already know exists that's the big like kind of question for me when we did our predictions video right yes. I was predicting Death Stranding 2 I was predicting The Last of Us Factions and I thought they were safe bets and it was mm. funny because the people in the comments were saying these aren't wild predictions these are safe bets because <laughs> we'll definitely get them yeah because they've already been announced and it was yeah. expected to see them now and it is kind of strange maybe it's just a testament to how much Sony has in the works right now mm. and how much is imminent that they didn't need to show those games but it is it's ultimately strange and I can totally get why people were disappointed with the lack of presence there yeah same I think the play that they're doing I guess we'll see across the next few weeks I think that they and it, you can the, the end point of what I'm about to say is like well why even do a PlayStation showcase but I think that they have a whole bunch of stuff they're going to be rolling out across the Summer Games Fest window because they have the Summer Games Fest show itself with Jeff Keighley, um, which is a platform that they'll be sharing with Xbox announcements and other third-party announcements. But the whole thing Jim Ryan said um, going into the showcase 
companies that they want to have total mind share in terms of making sure that everybody's thinking about PlayStation all the time. Um, and I think one of the best ways to do that is to go directly up against your competitors and then drop The Last of Us Factions or and then drop yeah. a, a teaser for Ghost of uh, Sushima 2 or reveal what Naughty Dog's working on. Um, because on the Xbox side, during the showcase, they were retweeting or they were tweeting a graphic showing the various third-party games that were at the showcase are also going to be on Xbox. They were just like, hey, don't worry about it. We have all these games too. Some yeah. of them are likely going to be on Game Pass as a direct way of competing. Um, and Xbox have been tweeting that they have the direct coming up, their direct coming up, and they have various games to talk about, which kind of hints at the idea that they could just go all first party themselves um, and try and steal some of the thunder. So I think some of that stuff is interesting in terms of the way that the Summer Game Fest stuff is going to roll out. Maybe yeah. their biggest dogs in the fight are yet to be let loose. Well, here's the thing, right? Jeff Keighley, as we know, loves Hideo Kojima and Kojima Productions. <laughs> he loves having Kojima on his stage, so it makes sense to me that we would see more Death Stranding there rather than at Sony Showcase. At the same time, The Last of Us Factions uh, was not revealed at last year's Summer Game mm. Fest, but we got Neil Druckmann on stage talking about it. We got concept art, so it also makes sense to me that that game would also be at Summer Games Fest, yep. and it does exactly what you said. It saves two big hitters to go up against Microsoft and to try and steal some of the headlines from their kind of blank canvas that they have mm. going into the next few weeks. It's it, pretty damn blank. It, yeah, 100%, man. And it gives them a couple of games to be like, no, no, we've got this other stuff as well. We're not saving everything for ourselves. We're trickling these <laughs> projects out. Whether that's a good move, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But those two games in particular, I would expect to see and would be extremely shocked and disappointed, Sony, <laughs> if they're not at Summer Games Fest. Yeah, same. And let's only think down the comments below of the way the showcase rolled out and the kind of things that, you know, the, the potential conspiracy the theory style stuff um, Sony might have in store for the next few weeks of Summer Games Fest. Next story is the Prince of Persia remake restarting development, or at least we're calling it that because of the way that these comments come across um, on the official Ubisoft blog. Now, this is from the producer, uh, Jean-Swan Farnode, saying in terms of the development stage, we're in the conception stage right now. Um, since we took over the project from Ubisoft Mumbai um, and Ubisoft Pune, uh, we've been looking at feedback from the community and finding our own way of delivering the game. We're building up the team, defining the priorities, putting prototypes together, testing elements, and looking at how we can include community feedback in the development as well. It's still in an early stage and players should not expect to hear more about the game this year, but hmm. rest assured that we're all putting our strengths and heart into the project. Um, there's another quote from um, the director as well, but the way this reads, obviously the uh, Prince of Persia remake was reallocated to a different team. Yeah. Ubisoft Montreal were the original Prince of Persia developers, or one of them. Um, so yeah, I think they've just wiped the slate clean and they're just starting all over again. Absolutely, it sounds like it's Scott Tilford. And you know what? It kind of, it really does suck for Ubisoft uh, Mumbai because mm. when we got like interviews with those developers, they seemed so passionate about the project. Yeah. In my head, I just kind of feel like they were hamstrung by Ubisoft themselves, who I imagine similar with Splinter Cell are kind of mm. just like these are old franchises. If you can bring them back in a way, do it. We're not going to allocate many resources. And the game that we saw a few years ago, that being the Prince of Persia Sands of Time initial remake, looked a bit wonky. It didn't look yeah. as high profile as you expect a remake to look mm. in the 2020s era. It didn't look like a Resident Evil. You know what I mean? It mm. didn't have that caliber. So hopefully with this switching developer, Ubisoft has realized they can't treat the old franchises like an afterthought. They need to put as much time and as much money and as many resources into them as they do in Assassin's Creed or something else. If they want stuff like Splinter Cell and hmm. Prince of Persia to have that same cultural cachet that they did back in the day. I think as well it's interesting in terms of what remake they're going for and I'll bring a quote in from one of the directors here because if you think about where we're at with remakes, like you have on one side of the things, you've got Resident Evil 2, you've got Final Fantasy 7 remake that are completely ground up overhauls. You also have things like uh, the Crash Bandicoot trilogy remake, the Spyro trilogy remake that 
are like keeping some of the same level geometry and overhauling the visuals, but like they still play largely the same. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what you know they do with this. Uh, and so you have the developer uh, Michael McIntyre um, saying that the gameplay mix of acrobatics, combat, and puzzles those things have to stay. You don't keep those and then double the amount of combat and still say it's the sounds of time. So like it's interesting in terms of the trajectory of that trilogy because Warrior Within was like the most over the top. I mean, I love that game. Same. It's just Godsmack the game, <laughs> and I loved it back in like 2006 or whatever. Um, but they in terms of the that middle installment was way more you know had way more tood and was way more aggressive in the combat model and then Two Thrones was all stealthy so it's like that original game's identity is very special you need yeah. to get that right A lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change? Needing health insurance United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states Learn more at UH1.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. I, I, you know, sometimes when we talk about remakes, one of the most uh, scariest phrases and words is, mm. we're going to modernize this. <laughs> We've got some modernizations in mind. And it would oh, be, show the camera. Absolutely. It would be very easy to go to uh, Prince of Persia and say, look, no one cares about puzzles and platforming in 2023. Up the combat, and we'll keep a few wall-running segments in there, mm. and we'll call it a day. We'll modernize the gameplay. We'll make it close to Assassin's Creed or whatever. So this uh, quote to me is really promising that the fact mm. that they're going 
going to try to maintain the gameplay balance of the original and keep the spirit of that game, which, like you said, before we got to the second and third game, was way more um, fantastical, way more whimsical almost. I think they even mention it at one point that the original had a narration that the next two games didn't have it. It was mm. like somebody telling the story of the game you're playing. It was a story within a story and it had this kind of storybook feel mm-hmm. and they, they were talking about maintaining that as that's an integral part of its identity as well. So to be honest, on paper at least it sounds like they're making some cool and interesting moves. It's, the thing is with Prince of Persia, it's fascinating because they obviously rebooted it once in 2008 slash 2009. I think the game came out in 2009 and it didn't do very well. It felt like it was way too soon for a reboot even though that game is like really super solid. Like yeah. The art style is awesome. Um, a lot of people really liked that game, but at the time it wasn't received that well. But Assassin's Creed started as a Prince of Persia game. It was span, span off into its own thing. But the idea being, or at least that I'm getting at, is that Prince of Persia was always their literal crown jewel. It was always this thing that they nurtured really well. That Sansa sound, time was received so well. The time mechanics were awesome. Um, and there was, I don't know when that, what year it was, but a little few years ago, um, Prince of Persia 4's gameplay uh, leaked. It was like what was going to yes. be Prince of Persia 4. And that was more like a Soulsian thing with like a specific boss battles and whatever. Um, but but usually when you're remaking a classic, it's to steamy interest and try and move into a new installment again. So it seems like this is integral to the future of Prince of Persia overall and then yeah. what the hell they do with that IP. Well, Scott Salford, I've mentioned oh. it a few times right now, uh, but Splinter Cell is also getting a remake. Mm. And we haven't seen anything on that since Ubisoft announced that it was happening. And hopefully they are taking a similar approach to that and uh, going to release another interview with those developers mm-hmm. where they tell us that they're also trying to stay true to the original in that they're giving it the time <laughs> and care in a that it needs because I love Splinter Cell and I love Prince of Persia and I want the remakes of those games to be good and like you said be good enough to inspire proper sequels or proper reboots that aren't just the games we've already played yeah and it's also that weird thing with Ubi where they are in such a rut right now as they're doubling down on Assassin's Creed there was that whole Assassin's Creed live stream where they confirmed like seven new games or whatever it was you know what's hilarious Go how on. many videos and podcasts have we done on the PlayStation <laughs> showcase and not talked about uh, the new Assassin's Creed game Mirage that's how forgettable that game was. It looks very solid for what it is, but it is just more Assassin's Creed, and specifically they're trying to tap back into where the franchise was back in 2007, which ties into overall what I'm saying about Ubi, that they used to be a lot more experimental across the 2000s um, with the likes of Prince of Persia, with Splinter Cell. They all had specific franchise identities, and it's interesting tapping back into that now, because like you said, how much of their modern identity do they then bring back in? It Mm. seems like the new AC, Mirage, um, is a stealth game again, more like the original Assassin's Creed was, but as for how Prince of Persia gets tret, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, final story is, or final reality that we're living in is, Lord of the Rings Gollum is an absolute tire fire. This was something that I was going to buy anyway, out of just sheer curiosity. Um, and we covered this, was it six years ago? A long time ago, man, a long um, time ago. Because the idea of it was always hilarious. It was always like, no one was asking for a Gollum game. I was. Like, <laughs> I was. I really was. Scott Telford. Go on. Oh, man, look how they massacred my boy, they at least if the reviews him. are to be believed in the footage that I've seen. Look, I'm not going to comment on its quality right now because I've not played the game yet, but Same. the reason I haven't played the game yet is because the reviews scared me off. <laughs> this game, obviously, it has a lot of baggage around it. Ever since it was announced all those years ago, people were saying, why on earth are you making Lord of the Rings Gollum? What? <laughs> Out of all of the characters you could choose, why Gollum? Mm-hmm. I thought 
Go on. It would be funny. I thought you could make a really compelling, interesting game with Gollum at the heart of it that would be piss funny, <laughs> that would tap into some humour, be a nice laugh. And it does seem like the game is a laugh, but right. for all the wrong reasons. You know, I, I've joked a while for, for a while now that that was going to be my game of the year. And I, I knew it wouldn't have the quality of like a big AAA production. Uh-huh. But I thought it would at least have like a little spark of something, something yes. worth playing. But man, looking at the footage and reading the reviews, it's currently at like a 38 on yep. their critic. It's literally the worst reviewed game of the year. I just can't help but think, I wanted you to be good. I just, I wanted to read a couple of things out here because going into Lord of the Rings Gollum, I don't feel like any of us really knew what that game was. We didn't know what genre it was aiming for. There was mentions of Gollum and Smeagol as like sort of twin personalities and you had to make various dialogue option choices as to which one, whether it was good or bad, Paragon, Renegade, whatever. Um, and then, But it was always that thing of what are they building? Is it a stealth game? Is that Gollum combat? Am I unlocking different hairstyles for him or deluxe loincloths? I don't know. Um, but the way that it's come together, what you actually do, um, you know, besides the fact um, you're remarking on how terrible the, the new you UI is a lot of people comparing the game that was shown off in the various screenshots from years ago versus yeah. the way that it's come out now where it is just the character model of Gollum with plain text alongside him no drop shadow no effects put on that text or whatever um, but yeah besides all the massive downgrades and everything else um, I watched Skillup's uh, review for this at the beginning of it because even he said he had to bail halfway through because it was just so abysmal to play through um, but he said the whole um, opening of the game uh, consists of doing lots of repetitive tasks you're sort of stuck in prison um, he used the phrase slave simulator because it was just so repetitive and so drudging in terms of getting through that um, and the performance across the board is terrible there are lots of footage or there is lots of footage of bugs and glitches and everything else lots of AI things going left right and center kind of like Redfall lots of just character models yeah. all over the place um, leading to a 2 out of 10 from GameSpot a 4 out of 10 from IGN and a uh, 40 currently on Metacritic so oh, okay. it's, it's game 2 bit. since last night Great. Um, but still that game uh, overall seems like an absolute mess um, so just buy a beware for the yes. first weekend that it's out um, but yeah will you still be getting um, not at 60 pounds I won't be Scott Tilford and that's the thing like I think Skillop may have also mentioned it in his review but Mm. if this was a lower priced game I think a lot of people would be cutting it more slack but the fact that it is selling at a premium price point has all of these additional uh, microtransactions that you can get if you buy like the deluxe version Mm. again from Skillop's review Mm. that's where you know you kind of think why and how have we gotten to this situation this isn't a budget title they're trying to sell you this for the same price as Elden Ring went for last year and that's when I think you've got to start being uh, kind of critical and be like well I'm not going to buy this for as much as I wanted to have mm-hmm. a laugh with it because £60 is £60 and there's a lot of good games to choose this year Very true. and that doesn't seem like one of them and again you know I want to be able to talk about it more authoritatively mm-hmm. I want to be able to say I've played it and this is what I think but like I said too many good games to play and these reviews have scared me off I think the way that they handled the rollout as well where it was just it was just zero gameplay videos that you had to really go looking if you wanted to see any hands on footage of it whatsoever um, it feels like they're just trying to cash in on the Lord of the Rings IP or at least that's all you have now because the game itself isn't recommendable by itself um, so yeah just throw that in there as just something that seems like it's released in a hell of a state um, but yeah for now I've been Scott from MoreCulture.com I've been Josh from MoreCulture.com please check out this video right here and also subscribe to us for daily gaming news videos hope you're all doing very well well, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.